podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, here we go. It's the Copy Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Cobite Podcast where Liverpool have just drawn nil-nil with Manchester United. I've got Matt, I've got Mick and I've got Tim with me today. Boys, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Have we all got a beer? I've got my beer. Tim, shows you good? In a really no, nice I've, I've, I'm, I'm up here with nothing. So Mix, mix on the trebles, doubles. Uh, Matthew, what you want? You still on your cup of tea? Would you believe it if I said it's pure vodka? That well, that's fine, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll claim it as pure vodka. Put a disclaimer in the comment. Well, um, well, I just want to give a big shout out to Martin Tyler straight away for giving us the history lesson. Every fucking sentence was, "Oh, this player did this on this day five years ago," and Pogba was the winner last week. And it, honestly, just fuck off, right? But let's just start off with uh, Martin. I'm going to come to you first, mate, because we missed you at the beginning of the game. Um, just give me very quick thirty seconds. How were you feeling after that game? Nil, nil, go. Uh, kind of relieved. Um, I didn't want, apart from the fact that um, I wasn't too worried about the point situation because there's a lot of the league left to go. Um, so six points is very much, uh, you claw it back. It was more I didn't want United to be the one to take the home record. And given the way that we've been performing lately, I didn't really think if it was nil-nil towards the end, if anyone was going to hit, it was going to be them. And uh, like one of the comments says, the front three is misfiring. So um, I'll definitely take a nil-nil, um, which is okay. great for Liverpool recently. Fair enough, mate. I like that. Uh, so, let's 30 seconds, Mick. Initial reaction to that game. Go. Um, it's more fucking pissed off at Martin Tyler, like you said, Jay. Fucking just chatting shite for fucking 90 minutes. Just fucking concentrate on the game, you old bastard. Fucking <laughs> hell. Just talk about the game. I don't give a shit about fucking stats and whatever. But, yeah. Um, I think we said nil-nil before the game. Yeah. Probably, in hindsight, I'd be happy with that because... They're in a good vein of form. We've got two centre mid to centre half. It's going to be difficult, but we had some good chances. But thank God, like we've touched on this pod before, thank fucking God for Alison Becker because he is what we need this moment because he can keep out anything because he that's what we, that's that's what he's there for. He's the best keeper in the world, and I think Martin Tyler even said he's the best keeper in the world. I was like, Martin, are you alright, mate? Have you been taking some fucking some shit in half time or something? Because you've been saying <laughs> you're giving us some compliments, mate. So I'm surprised. So um, yeah, but there's some chances okay, there cool. where, we, where we're in on goal. We should we should do better, but it's it's one of them games where it's it's give or take in it like it's everything's there to win and you've just you've just got to be lethal and we weren't the first half especially we should get a couple of goals so yeah. it's a long 30 seconds there. I was about to say that <laughs> <laughs> well Mick's right though Mick, Mick is right though Tim isn't it there's only one person in the world that has a better beard than Mick Moran and it is Alison Becker so Tim Ooh, 30 I don't seconds know well, mate, come on, yours is pretty fucking sweet. There's only Alison Becker that beats you to it, and no offence. Um, but Tim, go on, mate, initial reaction, 30 seconds, how are you feeling? Yeah, just uh, the fact that Martin Tyler is is uh, an excuse to mute the TV every time we play Man United. Um, but, yeah, happy with the result because of the way we played, but looking back at it, it just makes me nervous because it's been the same shit for the same, for the past three weeks. And, and that's, that's the concerning bit. The game was a ball draw. Not, we didn't create anything significant as per usual at the moment. And as much as everyone says, Oh, our front three are misfiring. They're just not firing at all. You know, it's, yeah. they're not off target. We just, they're just not firing at all. We, you know, we're not shooting, you know, Mo's every time Mo shoots, it's getting 
blocked every time Firmino shoots. It's either rolling to the keeper or it's blocked. Mane, I don't even think, took, I can't remember him taking a shot. So, yeah, just just yeah. boring to watch, which oh. is annoying, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Matt, when the, the whole thing before the game, Matthew, was all about centre-half and Matip and Matip and Matip and Matip. We've got to give a fucking props to Jordan Henderson and Firmino because they were outstanding today. They were fucking brilliant at, at yep. centre-half. I'm saying it now. We don't fucking worry about the, the centre halves anymore. We've got to worry about the front three. That's where the issue is now. Yeah. That's three games, right? As David said, I think I think that's David Rowland. No goals in the last three Premier League matches. What's happened to our revered front three, Matt? What the fuck is going on with that front three? Well, it's, what's like three, four seasons now with the front three. Uh, I think people have just figured out what to do to nullify them. Um, I know they're world class, but you stick. It's, it's I think it's well known fact. You stick five players behind. Behind the ball, six, seven players behind the ball, and the front three is doing nothing. Um, that's the blueprint to anyone that's come away from a Liverpool, a Liverpool team without losing. It, it's worked. Um, so I think I was thinking towards the game when, when uh, at halftime, I, I was thinking if we had a proper number nine like a Lewandowski, a Haaland, a, a Harry Kane, a Jota, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're winning that game um, because a couple of the chances that fell to Bobby, um, any other number nine in the world worth his salt puts them away. And I don't think Bobby needs to come out the front three. I just think maybe is it time for a formation change, switch to a four-two-three-one, put Bobby in the behind the striker and buy a proper number nine. Is it time for that? Mick, do you want to answer that question? Yeah, possibly. But we've touched on this on the last on the on Tim showed it in the into the Twitterverse where losing Yotta is love that plug. That was, that was a fucking I'm just gonna give you a round of applause for that plug to <laughs> into the Twitterverse there. That was fucking brilliant. What a show, go and check it out. Fucking <laughs> super <laughs> but it, it feeds in nicely to what we were saying on that show, which is once Yotha came around, we were like, mm, is he gonna disrupt this front three because it's so good? Fact is he did. He scored fucking loads. It made our front three go right, we need to play. If if we don't play top Top form without this team, and then the fact that he's gone that 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 that's like um f- frightenness. I'll use a Michael Owen yeah. um word there, uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to go out the team, <laughs> yeah. That that, that that fear to come out of the team is gone because Yotta's not there anymore. And it's like, well, once he comes back in, I imagine there'll be a severe uplift in our creativity in the final third because we're missing that. Huge, like, and I know we were talking about like, our, like the centre back um, conundrum, like playing two centre mids. There, I've had loads of Man United, Man United fans giving me shit, going, "Oh, we, we should have won if it wasn't for Alice, We would have won." It's like, yeah, but you're at Anfield, and we've got two centre mids, a centre half. Really, you should be winning. Really, if you're so good and you're so and and you're, you're as good as you're saying you are, you should be winning. Not that, that's that's that, 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 that's what it comes down to. But. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Tim, when you think about it and you, you're looking at the game as a whole and, and let, let's just touch on Thiago straight away. <laughs> straight away, we've, we saw how fucking amazing that player is and what we've been missing for the majority of the season, basically, haven't we? Because he, he did dictate that midfield, especially in the first half. He was a little bit quiet in the, se- in the second half, obviously, but what a player we've got uh, in that number six again. And it, it, we, we, we seem to be saying this in every show now. Yeah, well, for all the this hype and talent around this Man United midfield that, you know, they're stepping up into the best in the Premier League, Thiago, for one half, had them on a piece of bread. 
and for breakfast because he was he played them off the pitch for 45 minutes he looked like he was in a different realm of of footballing ability to to either of them to Pogba to McTominay to Bruno Fernandes to anyone he was by far and away the best player on the field for the first 45 and he showed it in flashes in the second half he wasn't as consistent but then again for a guy who's played about half an hour of football in the in the last five months that's probably to be expected um yeah what a player and you know he he could he changed the game with his passing he had a cracking shot on goal and that's the kind of thing that we've been lacking is a bit of a bit of a variety in the way we go forward and he's he came on today and was exactly that we didn't have the finishing touch or the you know the the with wherewithal in front of goal to to put our chances away but he he certainly you know changed changed the way we look going forward and and controlled that midfield for for big parts of that game yeah, he was. He was a massive positive in that game as well as Alison Becker for being Endo. But it, you know, it, it's so nice to see because every time he gets the ball, I'm not worried, Matt, that he's going to lose it. You know, Matt, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at Chabby Alonso back in the day. We think, right, he's got the ball now. He's going to find feet for it. He's going to find a red shirt. Albeit, yeah, I think there was one or two passes that might have gone a bit astray. But I think, all in all, that the, the man is a class act. But Matt, what I want to come to you about here is, is Bobby Firmino because he did have a good hat full of chances that was wasted and. What's going on with Bobby Firmino in your in your opinion right now, Matt? Um, I think every game there's what ten men defending, um, and Bobby just like the other rest of the front three work on space, and the man's got no space. Doesn't matter how good his touches, he's got no space to do anything with the ball. When he has the ball, the front three can't run it. Front three can't front two. Sorry, can't run anywhere. So he can't do anything with the ball when he gets his chances. He's Apart from the Palace game where he had space and you can see what he can do with space, because he's got men on him. Um, he's never been a, a clean striker of the ball either. So, I mean, I'm not too disheartened by his poor finishing because I don't expect it. So he's not really letting me down. Uh, I'm more impressed when he finishes them <laughs> than disappointed when he misses them. Um, it, it's just what it, I suppose the, the chances he missed tonight is what we sacrifice when he's actually on form. Uh, and today was just kind of highlighting what we're really missing from a striker, which is an actual striker that can finish. Because usually Mane and Salah are doing it for him, but you have to say that Shaw had Salah quite well pocketed. And Wan-Bissaka, yeah. although not completely pocketed Mane, um, he did handle him pretty well. He did do well. And Mick, that's what I want to come to you uh, about now. Uh, when we look at it, we could talk all day about how Liverpool's lack of finishing was so frustrating and all that sort of stuff, but... Was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's game plan perfect? Did it work? And were 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 United quite good? Well, I'm sure their team talked before the game, like we touched on the team news pod, but match where Matt weren't here because he was off gallivanting. Funny old, it's a funny old word, gallivanting, isn't it? Yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't say the word gallivant, should I? Fuck no, it's a trade word for some people. But um, <laughs> what was the question? I've got the question. I'm honest. I've got the question. Love you too. The question, Love you the, too. The question, the question was. Uh, what's United's game plan actually really really good it was, it was alright it was alright it, it was it was like we it's it's expected like they put Pogba put Pogba right mid then they changed him and put him 
in in the center or left mid. I don't know what they, I don't know what they did, but they were trying to they're trying to stifle us, which is like the biggest compliment you can pay. Like to trying to stifle Liverpool team because you've, you've you've got to change. Like you come against Liverpool, you've got to change your whole outlook. You've got to change everything because if you let Liverpool play. Will walk all over you, and it's like that's the biggest compliment you can pay that they've changed everything. What they've done, they've like took Matic out, which I was surprised by. Mm. Uh, Bruno Fernandez didn't Fernandez touched the ball about what twice? I don't know, I can't remember the last, I can't remember how many times he touched it, but it was only like a little click over to the side that I seen. It wasn't anything like too, too, um, too industrious or too creative from, from Fernandez, but um, yeah, it was. Yeah, you, yeah, I expected it. I expected exactly what he did. I expected it. So it's a good point for them. And I've had a lot of my United fans text me going, it's like, thank God, Alisson, otherwise you'd have lost. But yeah, that's what Alisson's there for. Like De Gea made a couple of saves as well. So I know we didn't, it, it's just trying to get that forward three back into its funk and it comes back again to Diego Yota. Once Diego Yota's back into this team end of January, We'll, I imagine, we'll start to see us click again because missing him is is huge. You muted, mate. You muted, Jay. You are. Are, are you just are you playing charades? What with that? Go on. What, is it a film or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gone. Oh, he's left out. All right. Yeah. Where is he? Oh, there you go. There he is. No, he's still muted. I can hear a very faint voice, but I can't hear him. <laughs> it sounds like a ghost. It's like, just yeah. like, you know I mean? there you go. Hey. hey, I'll fucking talk like this. Forget, forget it. Forget it. No, what I was going to say was when you look at the, how the the way for the way Firmino is at the minute. Did, have you noticed that his two best games had come when the fans were back in the stadium? And I don't think that's any coincidence. I think because the fans give him a massive, massive lift, and I just think there's something on his shoulders now. He just thinks so, there's just a mind block for him, uh, Tim. I don't know how you feel about that, but going forward now, would you still keep the same front three? I mean, I know the, the lack of options and stuff like that, but when you you mentioned a formation change before, so would you change that formation? Maybe playing one strike, one striker up top with um, you know someone dropping back. What? How would you play it? Um. It's kind of hard to, if we were at full strength and, and Hotel was back, I would. I really would. I think that teams have figured out how to play against a 4-3-3 now and, and, and playing really, really narrow and forcing us wide and putting bodies in the area is just completely neutralising us. And you were talking about Ollie's tactics. I think he's just looked at the previous three games and gone, all right, well, we're just going to go into this game and not lose. Yeah. And that's a result for us because we're proving that we, are, we can hang with Liverpool. But they didn't do anything different than West Brom did. They've just got more quality on the pitch. Um, would I change to a 4-3-1? I wouldn't yet. I would wait for Hotter to come back because I don't think we have a natural striker that can come in and fill that that one at the end of the at the end of the formation yet that's going to consistently get goals unless they bring in someone in the next you know 15 days in January. But once Hotter's back, I, I, I don't think it's it's a question of, of whether to do it or not. I think you you put Matic back in, in the in the back line, you put Henderson, Thiago in the holding positions, and you you start to to play a different way. Because I think at this point, what's what's the point? You know, what's the point in trying to trying to continue playing a way that's that's clearly teams have figured out and, and are starting to stifle? It's 
it's yeah. frustrating to watch. I can't imagine Klopp is going to sit there and go, okay, well, we're just going to continue to to try and hammer our way through this and because it's it's just not working anymore. And uh, the sign of a great manager is, is an ability to change, and I think Klopp will. Yeah, Matt, it is worrying, isn't it? That's three games now without a goal. I can't remember the last time that happened. No, probably Warren in days. Um, but um, I think we, we do need a change. Um, and I love the guy. You can't argue with his numbers, but I really think Mo needs to eat the bench uh, against Burnley, at least not start. And if he's going to go 4-3-3, I think Shaq needs to start because we haven't talked about him yet, but I think Shaq was, uh, was pretty on it today. Uh, quite impressive for a guy that what we've seen for half an hour. Uh, in the last six months, I haven't seen I haven't seen Shaq. I've personally been calling out for Shaq because, aside from Thiago, technically he's probably he's probably up there as our second best player. Uh, and you saw it today. And he'll give he'll give something else to the front three because as long as you kill the space, then Mo's kind of done in a game, which is weird to say. And it, it, for a guy that's got such great numbers, it, it's weird to to think that you could so easily or he's been so easily pocketed. But Shaq doesn't rely on his pace. He's very tricky. He's very hard to get off the ball. And, and he's a lot a lot more of a threat when you've got teams that are just sitting back. So I feel like definitely against Burnley, who are going to do the same thing against Liverpool. Um, yeah. We need that. We need that bit of creativity, that little bit of nippiness. And, and unfortunately with Mo, at the moment at least, it's not looking like he's going to give us that. No, it's true. Mick, when you, when you think I looked at the, when the substitution came, I thought Bobby would have got pulled. Um, when Shakiri had gone off, because I really thought Shakiri had done really, really well. I, I, I liked the way he was playing. Obviously, the, the when he got a yellow card in the first half, well, that was a bit stupid. But um, apart from that, I thought Shaq had a, a decent game. Yeah, he was boss. He was boss. On, on like we touched on on the team news, it was team news pod. It was he's gonna he's gonna create those moments where he's he's willing to take those risks, which is like. Most of our players aren't at the moment because when you're not in the rich vein of form, you don't want to play those passes that like to get cut out and we get counted on. Then you go, "Oh fuck's sake, why is he throwing that?" But like Trent usually does that. Like, like there's a lot of players who usually play those passes, like Henderson as well, especially when he's in midfield. Passes over the top, like Shakiri was playing, like cutting the lines. Like Thiago was doing the same. It's like it's it it, it was working up to up until a point where. We got into the final third and it, everything slowed down. It was like, yeah. Salah's got the ball. Right. Wait, it's like on counter-attack, especially where like Martin's got the ball or Salah's got the ball and you're like, right, run at them. Just fucking run. It's like, well, no, he's he stopped and he slowed down. Wait for everyone to get back. Then he's passed it off to midfield and then everyone's back in time. And then it's like, well, the chance has gone now. It's like, it's... That's something that needs to change, and Shaq can, Shaq can bring that as long as he stays fit. As long as Shaq stays fit, he plays in this team at the moment where we're not firing like fullback-wise. I think Andy Robertson was... He's maybe been our player of the season so far, in my opinion, but today he weren't quite there. He's, yeah. he's usually 100%. Like Every pass is like solid, but there was a couple of times there where, especially like early on in the game, I think it was, a, it was played to him, and he was like hit it straight behind for a, for a goal kick. And like, you expect better of him. I know that's like he's got high standards, but Andy Robertson's usually spot on with them. So um, it's just there's a lot of players out of form, and that that, that goes into the favour of why didn't United should have really beat us? Like they should have. Like if they're so good and they're so top of the league, we're not playing well. We're not in a great vein of form. There's a load of players out of form. We've got two centre mid to centre half. 
with like Gary Neville said, we're there for the taking, and I actually agree with them. We're there for the taking. If you've got the balls to go and play against us and go and like play it behind and do something with the ball, we're there for the taking. But they weren't. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't do that. So they were too scared of what we might do on the counter attack. So, um, on, on the on that Mick, um, I just want to come to a, a comment that we've just had. So first thing I'm going to take from this is playing. Playing two midfield centre-backs isn't doing the two young lads, Williams and Phillips, conference. I'm good, in my opinion. Uh, we either sign a centre-half or no title this year, and Gav said that uh, Shaq was, was shite. Right. Uh, Matt, I'm going to come to you on this one. I can see yeah. that you're trying a bit to come yeah. at that. Do you want to take the first part of this co- this comment or the second part? Can I take all of it? <laughs> you can take all of it, mate. I, 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 think, I, think, Gav's a, I think Gav's got a point with the... The fact that Klopp's playing two centre midfielders at centre-half because, I mean, the, the commentators have said it themselves, if you're not playing Williams or Phillips and, you know, you're nullifying that midfield, aren't you, where it allows us to get forward because Henderson and, and Fabinho do give us that. But you give your opinion on this comment. Let's, let's um, what you think. I think I'd, I'd agree um, about it wrecking their confidence if we were playing uh, Derby County. We're playing Man United. Um and Fabi's playing centre-back superbly well. And your captain, Jordan Henderson, who is a very good defensive midfielder in his own right, has shown that he can deputise that centre-back very, very well. Uh, so in my opinion, if it would have been Phillips and Fabi, I would have been confident. But looking at Henderson and Fabi at the back gave me a bit more confidence. And you can't say that <laughs> they didn't replay Cop's face because they both smashed it. Um, going forward... Yeah, in the past we've said that having Henderson at the back takes away from our midfield creativity. But the midfield didn't struggle to make chances today. It's the front three that failed to finish them off. Uh, Tiago and Shaq were brilliant. Uh, I don't know how he can say Shaq wasn't. um, But fair enough, it's his opinion. I thought Shaq was amazing. Um, I don't think he did put a foot wrong. Um, So I was very happy. And I think Jeannie marshaled quite well. Um, So I don't think we lost anything creative-wise. Like I said, I just think the front three failed to finish off what they got given. Right, well, Gav's come straight back at you and said, how are they ever going to gain confidence then? Well, can, can I answer that? Who's going, Matt or Tim, are you doing it? Go on, Tim. Well, what, what, all I'm going to say to that is the fact that, listen, as much as, yeah, it's not going to give them any confidence, when Van Dijk comes back, there's three, three players you put ahead of e- either of them to line up next to Van Dijk. You put Gomez back, you put Fabinho and you put Matip. So realistically going forward, they're not really in Klopp's plans. Those guys have been brought back off loan as a just-in-case this season because of exactly what's happened. If Joe Gomez was, wasn't was injured, he'd be he'd be lining up against, alongside Matip or Fabinho. If Van, and Van Dijk was there, he'd obviously be lining up against Matip, Fabinho and Gomez. Like Realistically, as much as they're there, they're there to offload the pressure from the midfielders dropping back. I, the, yes, they're both very good. They've been good when they filled in, but at the same time, in a big game, you know, Reese Williams has shown that he's been done outdone by pace. Nat Phillips is a bit reckless at times in games, and he moments like that against sides that have the quality like Man United do going forward on the counter attack, you can't take a risk like that. You put the experience in the back line, and you deal with whatever comes your way. But yeah. listen, if these two, if these two were going to fill in fill in next to Van Dyke and they were serious contenders going against Joe Gomez, who's 23 and 
and uh, Matip, who's been a brilliant, who's been brilliant every time he stepped in, then fair enough. But these guys have got these guys will probably go out on loan if, if we have a full uh, full strength back line. Yep. Can I add as well quickly before we move on? Um, Klopp as well might have taken into consideration Reese Williams' age as well, like playing him with the risk of him getting skinned by Rashford and by Martial could do worse for his confidence than good. And yeah, he might have handled it very well. But if Henderson gets skinned and costs us the game, you'd bank on our near 30-year-old captain who's won us the league and the Champions League to be able to bounce back a lot quicker than an 18-year-old kid who's just cost us the game in what would be the most important game of his career so far. So he may have just been shielding them. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. All the points there. And that's what we like, a bit of debate on here. Uh, Gav's just thrown in there saying Villa Dick does with the, with the strongest team out. Again, he's got, he's got a very good point, as Nick was when. Klopp, Klopp was trying a high line. He's, he's been trying this experimenting with a high line. We've never played a high line. That's that. Gav's point you know. now is, sorry, Tim, Gav's point is, is quite valid, isn't it? Would I not think we're creating chance because we are sacrificing him? He has a point, doesn't he? Because Henderson yeah. gives us that pivot, pivotal role in the middle, doesn't he? Which allows us to sort of spring forward. But on the flip side to it, it wasn't the chances that weren't created tonight because we created a bunch of chances. We're just the finishing was shit. Oh, he's definitely yeah. got a point because I think we were mentioning it against, was it when we came off against the loss against Southampton that we yeah. said that we missed having Henderson in the midfield. Mm, um, yeah. So if we're looking back at the Southampton game, I completely agree with Gavin. Uh, but today, I think Thiago and Shaq and Genie created fine from midfield. I think it's the front three that, that, that let us down today. But maybe in future matches, then, yeah, he'd have a point. Uh, and can I just say, Tim's looking very Nat Phillips-esque today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just look ahead to the next game, because Dan's just throwing in a really nice point for us to carry on with the whole centre-back issue. Dan's just said, you know that? what's funny? Burnley actually aren't as physically big as Man United, so centre-back will be interesting again. Again, that's a really good point, because now do you throw in a Nat Phillips whose game is a little bit more gritty and fighting in terms of what the way Burnley would yeah. play football. Uh, Mick, I'm going to come to you on this one. What would you do? Would you stick with the Hendo-Fabino partnership or would you be throwing in a Williams or a Phillips to go alongside Fabino? I would be getting Henderson back into midfield. I agree with Gavin in terms of like, like we're, we're doing it to try and get Henderson into the team, but um, against Burnley, he looked absolutely shite against Man United, so Phillips in there, like they've got what Wood up front, who's decent in the air. So if you've got Phillips in there, he, he will he'll negate that. Having Hendo in midfield is integral for me. We missed that tonight. We did miss that. And I mean we've got we had we had um Juan Alden and Thiago in there who were and Shaq who were good enough to do it that um we, we still played well, but having Hendo in there because you could see him when he come out when he was bringing the ball out from centre half. He was like trying to push his on, and there was moments where he was trying to run a bit forward, a bit more forward than he should have. And then he thought, "Oh fucking hell, I can't go that far forward. I'll have to come back." And you're like, "Well, that's that. That's why he was like having him centre half as that as that um, it negates us in that in that way because he can't go he can't go a bit too go and in terms of closing people down because he knows he needs to be back in time for um uh, maybe a ball over the top that couldn't get us into trouble. So I expect Phillips to start. I, I expect Phillips to start against Burnley. And I expect uh, Thiago, Hendo. I expect the exact team I expect today if, if Matt were fit. I imagine it's, it's going to be Phillips and Fab. And then uh, Thiago sitting, Hendo on the right, Genie on the left. That's okay. what I expect. 
I agree with, completely with Mick, but I'd like to see Phillips come in for Salah. Uh, Shaq push forward, he'll push forward, and Phillips at the back. <laughs> so let's, um, let, let's just focus on uh, this game. Also, we're coming up to the half hour mark now with the show, and let's just keep it focused on this one. Um, two things first. Well, honestly, I, I want to throw Ian's comment there, and uh, apologies, boys, we can't see it because Ian's obviously wrote a, a long thing, and it's it's right that we acknowledge it. Um, Ian said he's getting a bit annoyed now. Was one thing for our missing defence that are injured uh, to come back, and we haven't fixed it. It's duct tape, in my opinion. We need a natural fix, as Gomez and Matic are injury prone and not small injury. By the way, you can't say to me with the midfield Thiago, Hendo, and Fabino, which make you feel you've won when you've read the team sheet. Now, I get what he's saying there. We. It's come up to the 17th of January. Sorry, it's come up to the 18th of January, 17th day, and we still haven't signed a centre-half. Now, it does. I think that signals everything now um, that we are not going to sign a centre-half in January. Which, given it three months ago, you would have thought, we're getting a centre-half in January, we must do, because you're losing your two best ones, we're going to sign a centre-half. That's now not, not happening. And, Tim, it makes me worried now the fact that we're not having a centre-half. And like Tom always just said, we're duct taping over the cracks. We can't carry on like this in the Premier League and Europe without a fully fit centre-half, which I think if we bought a centre-half, we could play with Fabino and I'd be quite happy and satisfied for the rest of the year. But to, like you said, to be having Fabino in and then we'll put a different one in and then we change it, we bring a different person in and we change it, it doesn't bode well for the rest of the season. And I think that's going to worry me a little bit going into the, 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 the last you know four or five months of the season. Well, I, I think that they owe it to Fabinho, to be honest. I think they do, because the guy's filled in and played completely out of position for the better part of you know four months now. I think they owe it to be able to play his natural position again and actually keep him happy and playing where he wants to play. Because let's face it, he's not. I'm sure he's frustrated as much as he's doing a great job. I'm sure he's frustrated at having to play centre-back consistently. And at the end of the day, I think he's got a point there with, with uh, Matip and Gomez. They are they are injury-prone. And I'm sure Fabinho's looking at that and going, oh, God, you know, this is if this is going to be a consistent thing, I'm, I'm going to actually have to be constantly filling in at centre-back, whether it's next to Reese Williams or it's next to Van Dijk. It's, it's going to be me that's going to be dropping. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's becoming of concern now because I think he's right. Having a, having a midfield of... Um, Thiago Henderson and Fabinho would feel like a win because I, I just don't think that there's a midfield in the world that could match up to that and realistically nine times out of ten not lose a matchup in, in that sense. Um, it's frustrating, but then again, this is this is the kind of result that maybe tips Klopp or the club over the edge and, and, and says, listen, you know, that Man United have come in as this this team that uh, let's face it, they're not as good as they actually are, as as we've rightfully pointed out. If they were that good, they would have come into Anfield and absolutely yeah. annihilated a team that, that wasn't wasn't there. That as as you guys have rightly said, and Gary Neville said, it is there for the taking because West Brom could have beaten us, uh, Newcastle could have beaten all these teams could have beaten us. Um, so if for example, if if that was Man City, Man City would have beat us three or four nil. Let's be, let's be real. If it was a world-class team, Man City, Bayern Munich, or any team of that kind of standard, they would have come in and wiped the floor with us. Um, so the, ha- having three or four results like that on, on, on the back of each other, not spread out over the course of time, but on the back of each other and seeing how that's affecting us going forward is surely now either a push for us to to sign someone in January, be it a centre-forward or a guy at the back or something along those lines, unless that 
they've got this hope that Van Dyke's going to be back way ahead of schedule because that's the only reason I can think of now that's that's going to keep them from signing a centre back is that they've got some inside information that Van Dyke's going to be back middle to end of February and and there's no point in spending the money. But yeah, it's, I think it's Tim, you're right, mate, because the club have never actually come out and confirmed, you know, Van Dyke's out for X amount of time, as he's never, they've never actually come out and said that. So you never know. We, we, it remains to be seen. And we, we pray to God that this man is back as, as soon as possible because he just gives everything. And to be fair, just to touch on what Tomo said, Trent looks lost with no leadership on the back line. Having that security of Van Dyke does allow Trent to have that little bit of, you know, uh, get forward. Um, Dan just said some really funny to combat what you just said, Tim. Wipe the floors. I think Alison had something to say about that. I, you know, I, you know, I was really spot on because Alison was was undoubtedly um, yeah. one of the matches tonight because I think Fabino, Hendo, or Alison could have been all three of them tonight. But Mick, what I want to look at now is what that what that result now does for the title race. So let's just look at that for the next few minutes before we finish. Um, obviously, we're going to be playing. Uh, they kick off in a few minutes' time. They've got two games in hand as this minute. Uh, if they win both those games, and they can go top now. It's very tight in January. Um, we're having January blues yet again. Um, it always seems that Liverpool battle like here. We have January blues. Um, speaking of blues, is it cities to lose now? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm top on the table now. So United top 37, Leicester a second and 35. We're third, 34. Spurs for 33. And then you've got City on 32 with two games at hand. So if they win tonight... To go 35 level with Leicester above us, so we get pushed to fourth. So it's like it, there's so many factors to, to to counter in here. Like no no fans in the in the stadiums. There's it, it, there's so many things that you've just got to factor in. Like people being out for COVID tests, and like we miss Salah, we miss Mane, we missed all kinds of players. Shaq as well for a bit. Um, yeah, it's it, there's a long way to go. Like, there's still tw- is it was it 20, 20 games to go? I mean, I tried to get Harvey on because it was twenty one games to go because I thought twenty one seconds to go, but he's he was busy, so um, we'll get him on. We'll get him on soon. But uh, apart from that, there's so much that like we're halfway through. Like anyone taking a piss, going, "Oh yeah, we're definitely favourites for the title. They're definitely favourites." Like you're talking shite because there's so many games to go. Like if Man United get an injury to Bruno Fernandez or Pogba or Rashford or any anyone who's integral to what their team do, then they're gonna see a, a bigger drop in what we've had. Like with the fact that we're still there with Hendo and Fabinho centre half. Like fucking hell, like you've got to give major props to that. Like we're still there with those two, like filling in a center at centre back when we usually we've got Van Dyke, who is insurpassable, and Gomez, who is his little fucking assistant in, in chief. That we're still, I'm still doing it, and it's like you've got to give major like props to that because we're we're, st- we're still learning there about, and if we're still learning there about when Van Dyke comes back, I hope it's sooner than we expect. Um, then, then, then. It's it's all good for us because like these teams that coming again coming up against us and we've got such a weakened lineup. You're thinking like you should you should really go go and beat us like you should really if if they go and beat us tonight one nil like Allison kept us in the game you'd be like well we had two centre mids a centre half like what can we really expect like like I said I said before like losing Van Dijk and losing Gomez losing Matip as well. That you, there's your three centre halves that you've got. You've got two centre mid, centre half. Uh, 
you're trying to play the same way. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Like, and and I would try to like put a fucking square peg in a round hole in terms of like fitting it and like letting Thiago and Shaq go. And, right, we'll play from the midfield. It doesn't quite fit the same way as what we're, we're used to. So the fact that we're still doing so well and we're still up there, like obviously it's it. Like I agree with you, Jay. It's, it is City to lose because they've got a few games in hand now. So and they seem to be like just rolling over teams in terms of like getting three win three points on the board. So I'll look at the at the league table in like another ten games time, and if we're still there thereabouts and we've still got players come back into the team, then I'll be very, really happy. Fair enough, mate. Good point. Matt, uh, I just want to come to you on this one. Uh, Dan just said people are getting carried away about the title race all season, in my opinion. I think that's because of how good we were last year. And this time last year, we were pretty much clear and it was nailed on that we were going to win the league. So I get why people are getting uh, heads up about it. The race really begins end of February. Uh, everything else is just a war like Paul Cage was. I get what you're saying there. It's right. You know, this is the business end of the season once you get past January. Um, I was going to throw in a bit of a wrestling um, thing there where people, where the Royal Rumble is on the way to the road to WrestleMania. But I'm not, it's not a big fucking loser, but I am in general because I've just mentioned it anyway. But Matthew, when we look at it like that, um, mixed, mixed absolutely spot on, is it? If we're still there and thereabouts with, with, with a few points difference, given the way this season goes and the way certain teams are playing now, everyone's picking points off each other because of COVID, because everything that's going on, let's not get too disappointed, no? Now we're there. <laughs> We've had massive injuries. Like it's not just Virgin and, and Joe. It's um, Yotta's out. Uh, Thiago's just played what three, four games. Just made his Anfield debut halfway into a season. Like we've had massive injury issues, and any other team facing these issues yeah. um, would have been far gone by now. I mean, look, last year City were our only real contenders. They had one injury, and we kind of had the season wrapped up by Feb. Um, that's not going to happen every year. Um, yeah. regardless of how good you are, like you're going to have a drop off, other teams are going to sort of catch up, and I wouldn't say teams have catched that caught up. I'd say we've dropped off, unexpectedly, um, because we've had the issues that we've had. I think if we have a full strength squad, then we would be far and away winning this league again. Um, but yeah, for now, qualification process. I'll agree with that for now. Um, and then when it comes to the business end of the year, last ten games, we'll start to see who's really who's really going to go for the title. Um, hopefully, we can start scoring again and then we can start grinding out some more points uh, Tim final word mate you, you think the same way yeah pretty much um, I, well, I, I, one of the things I said in the pre-match which was you know at, at the end of the day this isn't a season defining game or a season season defining stretch of uh, stretch of games um, yeah it, it's by the end of January if, if we're within you know six, seven points of, of the top, which is weird for us to say, but on current form, we might not be. Um, I think we're in striking distance. I think that, you know, once once we start getting serious players back, like Sohota, maybe Van Dijk towards the end of the season back, you know, th- this is the kind of stuff that gives you a lift and and, and gives you that extra push to, to go on a run of games that's unbelievable and, and what something that we have done for the last two, two three years, going on a, a 10-plus win streak, religiously so uh, am i worried about the title race not yet i think two maybe three more games like this and i'll start to really struggle and and, and think that maybe we'll, we'll start to fall out of contention but i think that 
Klopp will now kind of make changes that will be necessary and, and we'll start to see a difference in, in performance and especially in front of goal in the in the next couple of games. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, go on, Mike, sorry. I was just going to, I've got a, I've got a comment that I've saved from earlier in the pod um, from me, good mate Al. Do you reckon Klopp changes for Burnley to freshen up and then goes full strength for United in the FA Cup? No, please no. No, I, re- I reckon it's the other way around. Thanks, Al, for doing that. I'm so sorry I missed that. I do apologise. It should be back up, Mick. Um, I I think that he goes... I think he drops for United, I'll be honest. I think the FA Cup just takes a back seat again. It's Jurgen Klopp at the end of the day. He's not half about the FA Cup. I think he does play different people. I think he, he'll play uh, the strongest squad he can against Burnley. Is it Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, yeah, Thursday. I can't remember. Um, I think he... He plays a strong enough squad for for Berlin drops for United. That's just my opinion. I just you know I wouldn't be surprised that um, is if he just goes full strength for both. We 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 went through December saying that when we get um, when we get through the, the busy schedule, we'll really get into our stride. And really, our stride's been when we had the games one after the other. The boys seem to prefer that, even though it's got us shitting ourselves for injuries. Maybe you just need to get them back to back games firing every four days and then they start to they get back into it. So Yeah, Matt, you are spot on, mate. I would love that to happen. I fucking yeah. would. I would love that. Full strength Burnley, full strength United away. Absolutely I fucking love it. I just don't think it happens with him. I just really don't. The two league games I would say yeah, but just with it with it being a cup game, I just think he'll use an execute to change it up a little bit. But I don't get paid money to do that, so it is what it is. But listen boys, it's been a fucking pleasure as per usual. You know, 41 minutes ago, I was a bit pissed off. Do you know what? After speaking to you boys, I'm, I'm a bit fine. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we go again, boys, at the end of the day. It's only January. It's a lot closer than it is normally. My best advice, just don't look at the league table for the next three or four games. Let's see where we are in three or four games. Don't look at the league table until then. All right? We all love you loads. Thanks to everybody for uh, for, for coming and uh, joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Join us for the FA Cup preview because we'll be here and we'll also be here for the Burnley game as well. Appreciate it. Peace out. Liverpool still going. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.